Welcome to Homebase Hope, all about autism, the show that invites you to think differently, inspires you to take a whole child approach, and most of all, instills hope when it comes to your child and autism. I'm your host, Rhiannon Crisp, from homebasehope.com.au. Let's get into it. Hi guys, and welcome back. Today we are chatting all about EMF, electromagnetic fields. If you're like me, the term EMF is a fairly new concept, and you may be thinking, how on earth does this relate to my child's autism? Well, today we are going to learn all about what EMF actually is, how it impacts your child, and what you can do to reduce this invisible toxin in your day-to-day life. Today I have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Libby Darnell. Dr. Darnell is the founder of Revived Living and creator of the Revived Life Program. She's a functional medicine practitioner and doctor of chiropractic. Dr. Darnell has written her own nutrition programs, taught hundreds of one-on-one workshops on health and happiness, and can now reach and transform the lives of people internationally with her online coaching university. Dr. Darnell is an expert in EMF safety and has advocated for electromagnetic radiation hazard awareness for years after experiencing its damaging effects personally and in the lives of her friends and family members. Welcome, Dr. Libby Darnell. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I'm so excited that you're bringing this topic to your audience. You know, not not a lot of people are talking about this, so I just think it's so great that you are so willing to kind of set a standard for your listeners. I think that's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, look, I have heard you talk about the topic before and Mm. sort of blew me away your knowledge on EMF and what we can practically do to help reduce our exposure to it. So um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Thanks. And you know, it's, it's kind of funny because it's one of those things where you think about EMF and it's not like, you know, it's not like nutrition and it's not like living gluten-free where you wake up one day and you're like, you know, I really need to dive into this topic. It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I need to know about electromagnetic <laughs> frequencies. Absolutely. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I got into the topic just because, you know, I lost my own health from it. And and then it kind of turned out that nobody else was really talking about it, or at least in my space. And so that's why I'm so appreciative that you are, because I know it just has the potential to help so many families out there really live healthier and better lives. Awesome. Yeah, so let's start with your journey. So I think it paints a good picture of who you are and why you have become so passionate about spreading the message about the effects of EMF um, on our health and particularly on our children's health. So let's start it yeah. with, with your journey. Yeah. For sure. So I, um, my husband and I have a, we own an integrated uh, health clinic in Chicago, and um, you know I was working crazy hours, but loving what I, what I do, loving what I did at that point. And, um, we just kind of burned the candle at both ends, so to speak. But that was great because things were working wonderfully. Life was happy. Things were glowing, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden I got this device in my office called a biomeridian and it has really nothing to do with the device. The device is wonderful. So the biomeridian for uh, listeners that maybe aren't, aren't familiar with it, it's a non-invasive way of, 
uh, testing for chemical sensitivities, food sensitivities, and testing if you're on a supplement regimen or a food regimen or homeopathy, whatever it might be, how it's working for your body energetically. And so it works really, really well. And I still, I mean, I still have another person run that same device in my office. But what was happening is I was running that machine for hours and hours and hours and hours. And as it turns out, if you're somebody who's sensitive to EMFs, that's not a good thing. So um, what started happening, and I had no idea what was happening, but I just started having massive fatigue. Um, You know, and I was one of those people where I would just like, pop out of bed and, you know, my feet would hit the floor and I'd just be like, woohoo, let's own this day. And you know, those like crazy obnoxious people that like most people don't like, that was definitely (laughs) me. And then, and then over time it just kind of spiraled to where, oh, I like, I would have to like crawl my way out of bed and like begrudgingly pour enough coffee to just make it through the day. Then to just come home and like pour myself into my bed again. And that's, and that just wasn't me. Um, but that was man. as bad as it was, it was manageable. And then, you know, mentally things started changing where I felt like I was, you know, as I'm working with a patient, I couldn't articulate the words that I was thinking in my head. Like I could think them, I couldn't say them. And that was terrifying. You know, it was just uh, totally bizarre. And so fast forward, the worst it ever got, uh, my in-laws are over and I am, Uh, sick as a dog. I told my husband, I think I'm about to hear voices. And he said, okay, let's call the troops and see, you know, see what we can do. And somebody said, Hey, go outside and ground. So I'm in Chicago in Christmas time and it's winter snow on the ground. So I go outside half naked. Again, my in-laws are over. I lay in the ground like, you know, angel style because at that point, and I'm sure so many people can resonate that with that, but when you're sick, you're going to do anything and everything to get better, right? And so that was actually one of the tools that I really do uh, love and use and recommend. And so um, that was my first journey where somebody said, oh, I think you are EMF sensitive. And I'm like, come again? What's, what is, what is that EMF? Huh? And so EMF, you know, stands for electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic frequency. Some people refer to it as electromagnetic radiation, electromagnetic smog. And if you're one of those people that's uh, sensitive to it, uh, now there's actually a diagnosis out there, which, you know, not that I love being labeled or labeling people with anything, but it's the, it's called electromagnetic hypersensitivity. And so short-term EHS. And I just mentioned that because people are like Googling all the time, like, where can I find my people? Um, and, (laughs) and so that's one of those things where for me, it was, I suddenly realized, Oh, like I was just building this excess energy up in my body. And then I spent so much money and so much time trying to get better after that. And so that's really kind of how I got introduced to the topic. And I just started diving in and learning about, you know, anything that I possibly could um, on how to get well and get my life back. And then, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, I, I do believe, you know, God works for a purpose because fast forward um, about a year and my seven-year-old niece, her name's Kiana, was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, which is a uh, uh, tumor around your brainstem. And because it's around your brainstem, it's inoperable, it's incurable. Um, You can do radiation, but, you know, they tell you that it's probably going to change who you are as a person. And so um, 
her parents opted not to do that. And we got in the plane and we went over to Spain and uh, we went and we saw Dr. Raymond Hilu and he actually was able to do live blood cell analysis, which is a really great tool for people that are looking to see if this is something that they're dealing with. So live blood cell and blood cell analysis is done in different locations. And um, what actually happens is they put up your blood cells on a big screen and kind of show you your red blood cells freely floating. And, you know, we can all kind of picture like these kind of dish looking red blood cells freely floating through your arterial walls and what that's supposed to look like. And um, when it came to Kiana's, uh, they were clumped together. It was almost as if her blood was coagulating. And then um, she had really leaky cell membranes. And uh, Dr. Hilu looked up and he says, she is incredibly EMF sensitive and she has had a really, really long, really strong exposure, and you're going to have to figure out what that was. And so at that point, luckily, I, I kind of knew a little... Can I interrupt? Yeah, just of course. How, how do they make the link? How do they know that that is from EMF sensitivities? Yeah. <laughs> awesome question. I couldn't even begin to answer it, but that... <laughs> But because that now that's just kind of the gold standard. So even when I saw um, live blood cell analysis a few weeks ago, they said the same thing. They're like, oh, there it is. You're EMF sensitive. And I'm like, oh, okay. But that now that is kind of the gold standard in determining if that is something that, um, you know, that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So um, and there are a couple other variables involved, but for the for uh, people that tend to do live blood cell analysis, they're going to be used to seeing that. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we did is as we were in Spain, I was able to call up um, a colleague who he's an electrical engineer and he went to her house and just to kind of give, you know, there's so many units when it comes to measuring EMFs, there's different kinds of, you know, EMF, you know, there's magnetic, there's RF, there's, but to just to keep it really simple for listeners, cause you know, all we care about today is action steps, right? That's, that's what we want to give people is just action steps. So to keep it really simple, when we're testing someone's home for what's called dirty electricity, which I'll elaborate on in a little bit, but when we're testing, uh, someone's home, what we want to see is under 2000 units of dirty electricity. And um, when it came to Kiana's bedroom, her bedroom itself, and it was the only room in the house like this was at 42,000. Wow. And, and then her bed or her classroom was above 60,000. And she'd had teachers in that classroom and adjacent classrooms that had had um, cancer and passed from cancer and had had late term miscarriages, which that's very uncommon. You know, it's uh, you know, it's not common to have miscarriages in your third trimester. That's not, well, they're never normal, but that's very, very uncommon. And, um, and a host of other health issues. And, and unfortunately she wasn't the only child that was diagnosed with that. So, but that's where this process went, okay, I've gotten my life back, but clearly now this is so much more far reaching than just me. And, um, and unfortunately, you know, try as we might, she did lose her battle and, um, so she is now an angel and she, from diagnosis to when she became an angel, it was two months. And uh, that's uh, incredibly heartbreaking. And I hope, you know, anybody listening, I hope you never have to go through the death of a child ever. Uh, so now her dad, who I don't know how somebody actually like climbs out of the grief process. Um, now what he does for a living now is test homes in America. And, you know, he flies around and he speaks on this topic and he goes in and he, you know, he helps people prevent this problem from ever happening to another child, which I think is so incredible. Mm. Um, and so f for that reason, um, you know, he and I will probably talk about this until 
you know, the day we're the day we become angels. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, really. And that's why, uh, you know, for for your listeners, I've got the top 10 EMF action steps. So anybody who's listening, who because we're going to go through some action, action steps together and I want you to get overwhelmed. It's all there. You can download it. I always tell people, print it out, put it on your fridge and like just, you know, tick things off one at a time, because especially with your listeners, there are already so many other variables that you're trying to deal with and that you're struggling with. And, you know, each day, like one day you might be able to tackle something. And then the next day is like about survival and just getting by at that point. And so that's why I just say, Hey, print it out and just take it, take it one little step Mm -hmm. at a time. And, you know, and we'll just go from there. But so to start with, um, you know, let's talk about some of the most common sources. Yeah, well, what is EMF? EMF. Let's yeah. start with what actually oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. EMF. Because <laughs> for, sure. for a lot of the listeners, I'm pretty sure it might be a bit of a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, let, let's start at the basics. Yep. For sure. So, so you and I and every living plant and animal, we all have this vibrational frequency. So we all vibrate, you know, all of our cells vibrate at a certain level and they have since the dawn of man. And, uh, what happened was about a hundred years ago. So if you think about our realm of existence, about a hundred years ago, we introduced electricity and there is actually a really good book um, for people that want to dive into this topic a little bit more. That's called dirty electricity. It's by Samuel Milham and it's for, it's about the intro introduction of it's called electric electrification. So the introduction of electricity um, in urban America and how we were able to track the rates of suicide and childhood leukemia and all these different disorders went up exponentially, like just hand in hand with electricity. And, and it's a really short read. And I love that book, Dirty Electricity by Samuel Milham. I love that book because it's short and easy to understand. And it's written by a medical doctor that lived his life talking about this topic. So, um, but essentially what happened is instead of us having this vibrational frequency, these EMFs, which are produced by electronic devices. It's produced by the wiring in your home. It's produced by your cell towers outside your home, um, radio towers, all sorts of different sources. And they produce an alternate frequency that is foreign to what you and I are supposed to be exposed to. And it throws us off on a cellular level. So it's not like it injures your heart. It's not like it injures your lungs. It's on a cellular level, which is why the symptoms of this can be so far reaching. It can affect anything and everything. And so for me, it was this energy and this mental health issue. But I've worked with people that have chronic pain. You know, they've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or children who, you know, their behavioral issues, they move into a new home and then you know, their behavioral issues go off the chart, something like that. And, and so that's where it's so hard, you know, from a conventional medical perspective to get a correct, um, diagnosis, which can lead to really, you know, great remedies to help this issue because it can affect so many different things. Um, and so, so for that reason, when it comes to helping someone who's dealing with an issue like this, or especially for listeners who maybe have a child who, you know, has a challenge and you're working toward the healing process, this is just a really great thing to deal with and to cross off your list because it can only help. 
And not only can it help by dealing with this, not only can it help your children, but it can help the rest of your family too. It's all about prevention. And so what these alternate frequencies do, um, if you go back to your, you know, high school biology, you've got your atoms with your electrons and your protons and your neutrons. And, and we also have something called photons and they are kind of the conductor of your body's symphony. So they're all about organization and a sense of time and space. And, you know, just think of them as conductors up there directing your body symphony. And then these alternate frequencies come about and those just throw those photons into chaos, which is why then we've got electrons that tend to just bounce around in your body. And, um, and it's actually measurable. All this stuff is measurable. And, um, for those people that kind of are skeptic and it's usually like somebody gets, somebody gets into this topic and then their husband or their spouse or not to throw husbands, you know, (laughs) not not to throw them under the bus, but you know, it's usually their spouse is like, Oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. 5g is going to be the greatest thing that's ever (laughs) graced the planet. I've got, Mm -hmm. I've got so much research, um, loaded up on my website about this. So if there are any skeptics, you just go to my website, there's a whole research section and I've tried to organize it. I've tried to take kind of thick literature that's geared toward, um, the, uh, the engineering minds and the physicists and Mm -hmm. kind of break it down into really simple terms. Um, and easy to understand stuff. So, but for that reason, yeah, that's why it can just affect so many, so many things. Mm. Are you familiar with the work of um, Dr. Martha Herbert? She's a mm-hmm. pediatric neurologist and a Harvard professor. Yeah. Um, oh, she's yeah. very well known in the autism community and she actually has a hundred page paper exploring the links between EMF and autism. Um, I can't say I've read mm. every single page of that, but um, basically what it's saying is that EMF adds to the system overload. So mm-hmm. children on the spectrum usually have a compromised system. So just adding yeah. this extra knock, you know, to the system can just tip them yep. past that tipping point. Mm. Absolutely. And she's got a lot of really great free content out there um, I because she's kind of, again, devoted her life to this topic. So, yeah, you know, if people want to watch, like, she's got great YouTube videos and, like, PowerPoint presentations. And, oh, so if you want to hear it from, like, a pediatrician, you go for it. That's She's <laughs> she's your girl. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's, let's dive into what the main sources are of EMF in mm-hmm. our everyday life. Yeah, so absolutely. So, you know, most of us are talking on a cell phone most of the day, right? So your cell phone is going to be a big one. Really quick action step as far as that goes is keeping your cell phone in airplane mode as much as possible. That's just a real easy no brainer. I get asked a lot about like EMF lowering devices for cell phones. And I could spend a lot of time talking on that topic. But what I'm going to say is I've witnessed a lot of them being tested and I don't put a lot of stock behind these Um, cell phone devices. Now I do have one on my phone, but again, Mm -hmm. on testing, I can't prove that it works. So I do link to it. Um, but on on my site, but again, I just know it helped me feel better, but I can't justify it with testing. But airplane mode is absolutely important when it comes to your children. They should not be playing like games on an iPad or on a cell phone, you know, like in restaurants. And I'm guilty of that too. And on long car rides, like this weekend, I had a a five hour both ways trip with my two year old son who doesn't understand screen time, but that's the time where I'm going to use screen time. And Oh my goodness. I was, I like shoved it at him in airplane mode. I'm like, please like this. And of course he had nothing to do with it at all. And just sat there screaming for like three hours. But, um, but especially around screen time, try to keep, um, anything that they're using in airplane mode. 
So does that switch so, off any sort of electromagnetic field associated with it? Does, it does, yeah. Okay. Yep. So the only thing that's still transmitting, transmitting, and it's at a very, very low level, is a GPS signal, and that's more of like a national security, international security type measure, and we can't stop that. Um, but it's real infrequent and a very low level signal, so I'm not worried about that one. But it essentially makes your phone like a really expensive calendar and calculator and you know stores your games and stuff on there but um, but yeah so it makes it so much safer um, and then to kind of segue into that let's talk about gaming systems like your PlayStation and your Wii and your Xbox so of course those are going to produce a um, certain amount of uh, EMF now something that every game unit can have is two Dirty electricity filters, they're called gram sensor filters, and um, I'll get into those in a little bit. Um, but essentially, if we plugged two of those filters uh, into every game system, it's going to help filter out a lot of the EMFs that are produced. Now, as a side note, and don't ask me why this happens, but I've watched, I've tested it myself, and I've watched people that are much smarter than me test it. The Xbox produces a signal that maxes out the devices that we use to test for this stuff maxes it out even when it's not turned on. Wow. And this is just yeah. the Xbox, not the PlayStation. Just the Xbox. Who knows why? And I couldn't speak to like if I, I tested a brand new one, so I couldn't speak to any of the older models, but even if it's just plugged in and that signal was readable up to three levels up. Mm. So, um, so for that reason, you know, and I, and I did this at a colleague of mine, I was going to film like a little mini series on EMFs at her house. And I saw this Xbox and I was like, Oh, I'm going to show her son who is, you know, like 15 and super into gaming. And, um, and I had him watch that reader because you know how like, you know, teenagers, they don't necessarily want to listen to you, but they'll trust technology to, to be honest with you. And so as soon as I, I, plugged his Xbox in and it like just pegged out the machine, which means it's going to screech at you and show that it can't read any higher. And you just watched him kind of like slowly back up. Yeah, <laughs> and right. it was like, he finally got it. <coughs> Sorry about that. And, and so what happens to children who are totally, you know, a lot of kids are addicted to screen time and these electronic devices. It is just, it's culture these days. That's how they're brought up. And, um, yeah, we're living very sedentary lifestyles. Um, what what effects will it have if they're constantly playing the Xbox? You know, what sort of signs and symptoms? Yeah. Um, so if you ask Dave Stetzer, who, again, is a, um electrical engineer who speaks at Mayo Clinic here in America on this exact topic, so he's like as high as you can go in our um, national societies of being an electrical engineer. Uh, and I've asked him all of these, all of these questions because again, you know, I went through it and I'm a doctor, but I have to ask like the big wigs to answer tough questions like that. And what he'll, what he told me is that when you're around this stuff all the time, well, first off, you're going to have, I mean, one of your first symptoms is going to be major brain fog, right? So you're, which means for children, their test scores could start to go down. And then we attribute that to staying up late and playing games. But at the same time, it's because we're also having these exposures and then we're, we're not healing at night because we have other exposures um, the way that our bodies were meant to. Now, then we're also exposed to Wi-Fi, 
right at the same at the same time as these gaming mm-hmm. systems. So now it starts with like brain fog and then it can go into now okay we're on the border of getting a diagnosis of like ADHD, ADD, something along those lines. And then the end result unfortunately is cancer. And um and that's I mean you know and I wish I was going to say the end result is you're uh, you know you're a terrible child but that's not the end result. So um but th- what we can do is help to eliminate those variables. And that's, you know, that's what we can do. And only about a third of the population are going to manifest symptoms, which, you know, we, we talk about symptoms, symptoms aren't necessarily a bad thing, right? If you're, so I've had clients who they're driving in a brand new car that has like the mobile hotspots in it, you know, like 4g wireless in your car and which comes from like your center console and their face will go numb. And then on just on one side, then when they're the passenger in that same car, the other side of their face goes numb. And of course, you know, they, they, as soon as they call, uh, as soon as they call their dealership and they say, you know, turn that signal off, don't even just like stop my access to it, actually stop the transmission of that signal. It never happens again. And so for them, that's their first symptom to go. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm sensitive to this stuff, but for me, it's almost a little bit of a blessing to know, okay, there was something that was affecting you physically, but it's still affecting you on a cellular level, whether or not it's going to cause a symptom that you're going to notice right away. Yeah. We only about a third of the population is going to notice that. Um, but for sure it's, it's going to have, an an impact on your health and I don't know about you, but I'm not going to sit around and kind of wait to see what happens. And so, um, to get into a couple of other sources, uh, so we talk about wireless, right? I mean, almost like wireless is kind of everywhere. And there's going to be some places, times and places where we can't avoid that. Like most of our children go to schools and um, or we go to church or we go to work and wireless is there. But what we can do is control our homes. And so what I do recommend that people do is put your Wi-Fi, your Wi-Fi router, if you still are using Wi-Fi, put it on a timer where it shuts off at a, you know, a reasonable hour, if everybody's in bed at your house by 10 PM shuts off at 10 PM, turns back on whenever you would need it the next day, whether that's in the morning or, um, you know, in the afternoon, whenever that would be. So that way, at least all of the children in your house don't have that exposure for like eight solid hours a night. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's going to build up, you know? Um, and so that's the times, one- yeah, like children can be sleeping, you know, it could be on the other side of the wall, the, um, Wi-Fi, and they're getting that mm-hmm. constant stream. Mm. Yep. And, and they you can, can just Google, as easily turn it off at the wall, can't can't they? You don't have to. Oh buy. yeah, they yeah. can. Yeah. It's just that like once you listen to um, like a podcast like this, you're motivated to do it, and then you'll do it. But then like a month goes by and you start forgetting to do it. And so that's where I'm like, no, order the timer. You never have to worry about it ever again. You set it just like Christmas lights. You know, you don't ever have to worry about it. And so that's where I just, I I don't want people to be like, yes, I can do it. I can unplug it and plug it in. And then all of a sudden, you know, time goes by and you just stop. Um, Because I'd much rather have you just buy, it's like four, it's four bucks. So you'll be good. Um, (laughs) Super cheap. Now, um, and for people that uh, have the have the motivation to do that, like if you're already if you have somebody in your household who already has symptoms, I would hardwire your Internet and you can you just get you're going to be paying someone, you know, a few hours of labor to come in and, and do that in your home. And it's not that expensive. You do it once. You never have to do it again. And it eliminates your need for Wi-Fi. 
Now, when I got sick, I had like, I had a smart house, like a full on smart house, you know, smart thermostat, a smart fridge, all of that stuff. But again, our safety studies do not coincide with our advances in technology. Um, Kind of funny, random story, but I was listening to the radio. Um, We've got this like Christian radio station here called Caleb. And this woman, um, this reporter was like, oh, Siri on my phone. We're beta testing for Siri to lock and unlock our house. And she controls everything in our house. And she's sitting here laughing about the fact that Siri locked her out of her house at night for hours, hours. Siri just wouldn't let her in her house. And I'm sitting here going, that sounds like kind of like an apocalyptic scenario to me. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. Just give me my, give me my key, turn the lock, let me in. Yeah. Old school. (laughs) Back to old school, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And so when I eliminated all of my smart devices, I went to, in our area, it's Home Depot and I got like a $15 thermostat. We just got an old school fridge. It still looks really cute, but nope, it's the old school kind. And I'd installed all of these dimmer switches and, um, because we just renovated our basement, I installed all these dimmer switches everywhere, which that's a big offender on an EMF realm, because what you're taking is all the energy that's supposed to power that light, you're dampening it. And so if you if you dampen that energy, it's coming out at you and it's in the wall in a form of dirty electricity. And so here I just installed all of these like nasty guys. And if you leave them at full blast, you're fine. But um, it's still a little bit higher of an offender than just the classic like on and off switch, which I went and I got 20 of those at a buck 50 a piece, took out all the dimmer switches and, um, you know, good to go that way. And then I had my home post tested after that and showed such an improvement. But um, but yeah, uh, and just to kind of segue into something super simple that people can do like today, right when you're done listening to this um, is it has to do with light bulbs. So you guys have like the swirly CFL light bulbs, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the worst offenders as far as uh, EMFs go. So those are compact fluorescent light bulbs. They're terrible. I mean, they just scream. They make these devices that you can measure. Like I can hook myself up to, um, I've done it on several occasions and I've done it when I've tested other people's homes. I'll hook myself up via EKG EKG patches to um, a fluke meter that will actually measure the voltage of energy running through my body. And I just put my hand up by one of those CFLs and you'll, you can measure the voltage in my body from this light bulb. And then let's say that like we've got a child in a crib with a little nightlight sitting right by him all that, you know, whatever it might be. So a great action step would be to go through your house. And if it's a swirly compact fluorescent light bulb, unscrew it, get rid of it right off the bat. Just mm. get rid of it. I think I've got one now, right here next to me in the lamp that I've oh. got next to me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You well, don't, so you I mean, it's, it's not mainstream that. knowledge. We're not being told about this. No one knows. Nope. You know, no, unless just, we go out and gonna... seek for this, seek this information out, um, you know, yeah. how are we meant to know? Oh, no. And um, so and not to sound like, like a total conspiracy theorist, but um, – so again, so this electrical engineer, Dave, he goes around all the time talking to people about this and trying to just make change. So he's trying to get our legislators to change laws. So he's, you know, approached Congress. He's gone into U.S. Senator's office. And so he went into a U.S. Senator's office to talk with him about this issue. And in this, <laughs> this guy's office were his were Dave Stetzer's filters that are meant to take care of dirty electricity plugged in in this guy's office. And he's looking at him and he's going, oh, so then you totally know about this. And he's like, yeah, 
It's like, so then what is, what's the deal? Is it like the energy company that's like making people sick and then the pharmaceutical company gets a patient for life? And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're out there smoking their cigars and drinking their whiskey. Like, I mean, and, but that's a, yeah. it's shocking. I mean, it's, it really, yeah. And, yeah. and all I can do is laugh. And I know that's like a totally crass response, but at this point it's kind of like, yeah, well, and that's why it's so important that you and I are talking about this because especially when it comes to, you know, moms and dads that are dealing with a child with special needs too, you are your best advocate. Nobody else is like on the front lines for you. That's your job. And, and that's, you know, that's what we have to do. So unfortunately it's not going to be up to our legislators. It's not going to be up to the lawmakers. It's going to be up to us to go around unswirling those light bulbs, no matter how much they tell us that it's going to cut down on our energy bill, you know? Um, so what you're going to replace those light bulbs with are going to be incandescent bulbs, which that's what Thomas Edison invented. You know, he, it was a plain old incandescent bulb. Now, halogen bulbs, which are becoming more popular, are also great. So those two are like best case scenarios. Um, and then LED light bulbs are kind of in the middle. So if you think about it, we've got um, worst offenders, CFLs, mid-level offenders, LEDs, and they vary so much by brand and by manufacture date that um, they fluctuate so much that I can never really say, yes, this brand is like, you know, better than most because it just changes too often. But, um, but if you can find the incandescent and halogen bulbs, those have like the zero, you could sleep right next to one of those guys, you know, and um, not have an exposure, which is great. Um, even when, so for me, when I, I'm sensitive to this stuff and I went and I filmed this mini course with a girlfriend of mine and all this lighting, you know, I had all this, studio lighting around all the time. And by the time we were done filming after two days of that, I was tanked. Like I went to bed at 6 PM for two days, had to do all these kind of like rescue recovery stuff. Um, when I got home, just cause it was such a massive, massive exposure to all that junk. And then of course on camera, we were testing it. I'm like, yep, this is why I feel like junk. But, um, so just another, another exposure. Mm. And then if it's, if it's okay with you, I'll segue into the topic of dirty electricity, or did you have any questions before I did that? Um, well, are there any other main sources? I was, I was wondering about microwaves. You know, how bad are they? Because everyone's going to microwave these days. Oh, yeah. So they are big offenders. Now, microwaves, you can think of microwaves. They obviously do produce EMF, so the last thing you want to do is turn that puppy on and then, like, stand in front of it watching your food. Um, I don't have one, you know. I just don't have one, which of course, when my parents are over, they're always like, here, let me just heat my coffee up in this pot of water over the stove. Like <laughs> I, I got like rid of mine thing. nine years ago as well. We threw That's ours great. out. Um, but I didn't, I, I yeah. wasn't aware of EMF back then. I just, you know, when you just have this feeling, you know, it's not good. You don't know why. So yeah, it just, I just, mm -hmm. we got rid of it, but yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know what I know today. Yeah. Yeah, well, that it's not good for your food. You know, you're killing a lot of the nutrients in your food anyway. So, on the you know, nothing nothing healthy is going to come out of your microwave. Let's just put it like that. Um, now, at the same time, even your refrigerator motor, anything with a motor um, or an inverter, is going to produce. Um, an amount of EMF, even like solar panels, unfortunately, you know, and a lot of people are, they put them on the top of their, their houses and then they're sleeping right underneath them. Unfortunately, those are all also offenders, but if you can put the inverter, which what an inverter is, is it's taking whatever form of energy, like the sun for a solar panel and converting it into usable energy for your home. That's what an inverter does. Um, even 
anytime an inverter is running is going to be an exposure because there's going to be some excess energy that's going to be harming you. So to kind of shift that into another great action step for people is going to be um, taking like our computers right now. If you're on a laptop, use it when it's unplugged. So I charge all of my devices um, right when you walk in my, my house. I charge them all in one area and it's way far away from a living space. It's not near a bedroom. It's not near where my family spends time. Um, they charge up. And then when I'm using them, you're using them on the good current. So it's just the difference between AC and DC current. And you're not using a, a converter or an inverter for that. So um, it makes it a lot um, less harmful. So like worst case scenario, this is like the worst that you can do is charge your phone by your head while you're sleeping mm. for eight hours. So many like people will be doing that too. Because uh, a lot of yeah. people use their alarm on their phone to wake them up. Mm-hmm. So they'll have it next yeah. to their bedside. I put mine on the floor. How bad is that? And I don't, I'm not actually putting it on air, airplane mode. Yeah. So should. just put it, yep. Put it on airplane mode. Put mm-hmm. it on airplane mode. Yeah. Um, cause then like, let's say like, cause when I travel too, I've got a battery operated alarm clock. Um, and I just have like a simple one I got on Amazon, you know, super cheap, just battery, you know, and then I've got two. <laughs> so if one goes, <laughs> like they're both. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd feel exactly the same. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because I'd be worried yep. that it wouldn't go off. Yeah. yeah I have one more question um, about yeah. smartwatches. So a lot of kids, um, you know, on the spectrum will have challenges with sleep or activity and different things. And a lot of them will wear a smartwatch so they can track sleep patterns. Um, do they emit, like, how do they work? Yeah, well, they do. And what you're doing is, so let's say, because some of those devices you can use um, while it's in, it actually can be in airplane mode because it's collecting data um, off of you and it's storing it up. And then when you hook it up to your computer or you take it off of airplane mode and then it hooks into your wireless, then it'll send the signal um, to, to your computer to, to use the data. And then some of them require Bluetooth. So as long as you keep the Bluetooth off, it can store up that data, but then still send it to your computer. So that's um, something that you can do. And unfortunately, you'd have to look into uh, that watch specifically. Great. Now, let's say in the course of your child's life, you want to do one week of study. Okay, so that's a short-term exposure. No, it's not ideal, but you're going to get that data from it, and then you're not going to do it anymore. Mm. So we've got to kind of weigh our pros and cons. Um, you've got to think about the risks out, you know, outweighing the benefits, that kind of thing. So for me, if you really need that data and there's no other way for you to get it, um, then absolutely do it short-term and don't do it again. But what you don't want to see is all these kids walking around with these smartwatches that are on Bluetooth and hooked up to Wi-Fi, and you're bringing that signal right into their little bodies. And this stuff harms children far more than it hurts us. And, uh, and so, yeah, absolutely that, I mean, I had, so when I actually had my house tested, I had an Apple watch on my wrist (laughs) and of course I had gone cuckoo. Right. But, um, so I had this Apple watch on my wrist and the testers come in and, um, his wife is this like super adorable Russian woman. And, and she's like, what are you doing? You are far too young for that. What do you get that off your wrist? And just, <laughs> you know, is it like, there's no like shortcuts around it. It's like, okay, you're smarter. You were smarter than wearing that. Why are you doing it? And so of course I sold it on eBay the next day, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. If you could, if you just have to get the data and then be done with it, 
and maybe even if you're going to post test with it later, that's something, but none of this all day, every day, even adults, you know, we shouldn't be using that stuff. When, when I, when I did find out that it was bad, I, I tell my friends that still have them, you know, cause they can show pictures like adults will like look at pictures of their babies and they're like, look at my cute little baby on my wrist all the time. But you can do that in airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So you could just have this really expensive photo album on your arm. And it can still give you all of your, you know, all of your alerts and that kind of thing too and sync up with your calendar. So it's not like it's um, totally unusable, but yeah. So that's the airplane mode's just a function on the actual watch, Mm -hmm. is it? I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. So if you're on like an iPhone, you swipe up from the bottom, you put it in airplane mode. The Apple Watch is the same thing um, and because that's what I had. So I don't know about the other watches, but it's, yeah, you just go to the settings, turn it on airplane mode. It is not transmitting that signal. Awesome. Now for some of, yeah, some people it will make cl- data collection not as usable, but even for me, the exercise portion, um, it still worked, you know, because it's like a pedometer. It's about weight. It's not about um you know, like the electrical currents going back and forth. So even, you know, if you're going for a run and you want to track your run, you can still, still do that. So, mm. so yeah. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that covers all my questions for that. Yeah, great. <laughs> Where were we yeah. headed now? Um, so, so now we're going to talk about dirty electricity awesome. and the good news is that in Australia, this is still a problem, but not quite as much of a, of a problem as it is in America. Um, and so for all of your listeners on their action step plan that they'll download, it uh, will have where to go to get answers for Australia specifically. But just to kind of give you just a little bit of background, dirty electricity comes from the wiring in your home and it's excess energy that actually comes out through space toward you. And you only know where these hot spots, so to speak, are located by testing. And the meter that you use to test for dirty electricity is like a hundred dollars. It's, it's not expensive. And all you do is you go around and you plug it into different outlets in your home and you're testing to see what those, uh, what that meter is going to read. So, um, that's called a stetzerizer meter and you want to see it read under 30 units if it's under 50, great, but ideally under 30 units. And I've had, you know, I had a girlfriend of mine where her husband was totally losing his health and no, he was hospitalized multiple times. Nobody could figure out what was going on. He was sent home, you know, and, and just told, we don't know what to do with you. So I sent him a meter and lo and behold, where he was working every day, of course, there was a transformer right by his head where he was working every day. He plugs in that meter. It, ma- it pegged out, you know, it maxed out. It was unreadable. And all they had, all you have to do is when you find a high reading, you plug in something that looks like this. It's called a, a filter. And all it's doing, um, so for people listening, not watching, it's called a Stetzer filter. Um, all, you're, all it's doing is harnessing all that excess energy. You can actually sometimes hear it work. Um, Does it not now emit then from that um Yeah. So instead of, instead of emitting out through like feet and feet and feet, it's harnessing it here. You can read it about four inches from the filter. So what you want to make sure is that for really, really high readings, let's, cause I, I mean, I've had, um, clients where their highest readings are by their bedroom and sometimes right by their headboards. I'm like, okay, you're going to plug your filters in. Then you're going to move your bed to the other side of the room. Cause yeah, you're still going to get a reading about four inches away from that, from that, uh, filter. Um, and in Australia, they look a little bit different. It's the same, it's the same company, but they're meant to fit obviously to fit your outlets. And then they work a little bit differently because you guys are on a different grid system than we are, which is actually a better grid system than what we have. Um, and to kind of speak to that a little bit, 
the, the way that dirty electricity comes about is you've got your, you know, you've got the grid system where energy is produced. It's sent through wires. It comes into your home. It powers your home. And then in theory, that same energy then leaves via a neutral wire and passes back to the, to the energy system, back to the grid. And that's not actually how it works. What happens is we take this energy in and we don't have the wiring capability to send it back efficiently and it ends up coming out into our environment. So you can see readings that can scale from like 150 um, up to pegging the machine out, meaning you're going above 2000 units, which biologically active is above 30 units. Um, and then the simple fix would be in America to just install another neutral wire going back to the grid. Now that's an expensive thing for our energy company to do. So they're not doing it. And what we've done instead is we have installed grounding rods so that instead of the energy getting over overloaded, um, it, it, it actually ends up now running because grounding rods send the energy down into the ground, right? So now the energy is going at its path of least resistance from your home, through the ground up to these grounding rods and back. Um, and so what that means is so, cause we used to be able to tell people go outside earth, lay in the dirt, you know, that kind of thing. If you're in an area that's like that, you, you can measure the voltage running up one leg and down the other standing on dirt, standing on grass. Isn't that? Yeah. And, um, it's just very disheartening. Yeah. And yeah. And also because of that, we can get what's called ground current coming into our actual homes. Now you in Australia don't have to worry about this nearly as much. You still have some of the dirty electricity issues. You don't have near as much as the ground current issues. But for me, uh, that, that uh, energy coming from the ground traveled through my water intake pipe in my home, which means that then it traveled throughout the rest of my house. So if I touched my kitchen sink, I could measure the voltage running through my body. And let's just, we, let's just think, you know, if it's, uh, it's being totally stereotypical here, but it's going to be a woman for the most part, most of the time standing at her sink. And what happens is that voltage runs from our hands through our arms because we've got striated muscle fibers. They're like little roadways. And then it actually ends up dispersing in our breast tissue. You know, because then it kind of branches branches out like a spider web, and then we, you know, we've got this. Of course, we've got this incidence of breast cancer, um, you know, everywhere, uh, and that's that's a big factor. That's where that energy is stopping. On this testing, is blowing my thought. mind. Like the fact, yeah. I just can't believe we don't know yeah. about this. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's, and and the fix is so simple. When it comes to the ground current issue, the fix is so simple. All I had to do was hire a plumber for one hour of labor to go to my water intake, disrupt the water intake for one foot to install one piece of PVC piping or one foot of PVC piping because it's all it is is a current, right? So we're just disrupting that current. It can't travel through that piece of PVC and boom, no more readings, mm-hmm. nothing. I can touch, I can touch my shower. I can touch my kitchen sink. I can touch whatever I want. And there's no, there's no current there. And so, um, 
for most people, like if, you know, any listeners that are outside of Australia, I definitely have somebody come to your home if you're able to and see if that is an issue for you. The priority is a little bit less on the, you know, at, in Australia, it's more on the, the dirty electricity side of things, which um, there's a man called Steve Hall in Australia who actually does do all the home testing for people that want to have their home tested. His name is Steve Hall. And again, on the, the EMF action stuff, I'm going to send you his contact info. But he, he made a comment to me when um, I first got in touch with him and he said, oh my gosh, I could make a living just on getting people to sleep again. Yeah. Mm. Just by getting, just by taking care of dirty electricity, like kids are sleeping better. You know, people that are having insomnia, people that wake up at three o'clock, like clockwork, you know, that well, kind of thing. Well, do you know what? That's a massive issue with the kids on the spectrum. A lot of them aren't mm. sleeping. They either can't get to sleep or they wake up 10 times in the night and they ha- might have a meltdown. And it's really, it's not, and it's not just affecting the child, it's affecting the whole family because then the whole family can't sleep. Um, so this could oh, be yeah. a really easy, mm-hmm. practical thing that parents can do. Um, yep. yeah, to save their sleep. Yep. And, and so it's, it's, if that's something where you're like, I need to address that issue, you could just start with your children's bedrooms, get, get, you know, maybe four filters per child's bedroom. Um, the average home needs about 20 filters. Australia specifically, I couldn't speak to that number because it is a little bit different. You do need a little bit less technically than we do. Um, but so does this mean every PowerPoint is going to have, you know, these filters no. in the, on it? <laughs> so how does that work? No, no, <laughs> no. So what happens is as you test, so as you test an outlet and, um, I've got videos on my website talking to you, talking you through how to do this. But so as you plug in that meter and you get a reading and you start with your bedrooms, right? We want to start with where you spend the most time. Um, and I'm going to back that up. Actually, you're going to start where, um, you've got most of your appliances. Cause they, uh, I get asked this question all the time. Why can't I just get a whole house filter, one filter to take care of everything in theory? It's great. But the, the issue is, is that while it will dampen an overall load of dirty electricity in your house, when you turn appliances on and off, it pulls more energy and it creates more of a problem. So if it's a short-term thing, like a blender, that's one thing. But we, you know, as a society, we watch a ton of television, right? That plasma television is on in some homes all the time, or we're on our computer all the time. So you want to start with those big devices that are going to pull the most energy and start testing there. So you plug the meter in and for most TVs, you just plug two filters there and it's going to bring it right down. Mm -hmm. But now what that means is as you proceed through the house, you've already lowered some of the load. So you're going to see less and less. So then, then you go to your living spaces, like your bedrooms. And if you see a high reading, you plug a filter in, you move on, you go to the next room, you see a high reading, you plug a filter and you're just dampening the overall load throughout the entire house. So, um, so yeah, if you were to just buy a meter and walk through your home, just testing all of your outlets, it would look like you would need a filter for every outlet, but no, as you proceed through the house, you're going to need less and less. So I've, you know, I have some people that maybe need 10 filters total. Um, and then some people who just like budget wise, they're not expensive by any means, but you know, when you're dealing with an issue with your children, there's already so many other things you're doing. And I totally hear that. So if you just get like a handful of filters for, um, your children's bedrooms, that's such a great place to start. I had a girlfriend of mine recently who, um, uh, they just bought a new house and so, and they have a brand new baby. And so they went ahead and they're just like, okay, let's just test. And of course it was their daughter's bedroom. That was the highest reading in the house, you know? And, um, you know, she's so young, she's so young. So of course for them, they were just so grateful to just know that, okay, 
we don't know what would have happened, but we've prevented so many other, so many other problems. Well, and I, just to kind of speak, mm, oh yeah, I was just going to say a baby monitor because um, parents often have those in the bedroom too. That can be a source. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Um, and so I bought. Um, well, because when I got sick, I invested in every health device that was out there. Everything, you name it, I bought it. Don't care how much it was. Um, and so I bought this like EMF, low EMF baby monitor. No, I tested it. It still maxed out the device. But, and so of, of course, then I called Dave Setzer and I'm like, it doesn't even work. Why do people market these things that don't work? And he's like, okay, Libby, if it transmits a signal, it's bad for you, right? I'm like, well, yeah. Uh huh. He's like, so that baby monitor, even if it's low EMF, is transmitting a signal by that little baby all night long, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh huh. He's like, so how on earth could that be good for them? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. thank you for. Thank you for making me use logic and reason. <laughs> <laughs> so just anything, yeah, anything, it's yeah. just not worth it. And particularly yep. in, in terms of proximity, like you were saying, if the closer it is, the more um, susceptible mm-hmm. you are to, to the symptoms and things like that. We could do everything in our house, right? So we could have all the filters. We could turn the Wi-Fi off at night. We can mm-hmm. put all our phones on airplane mode. But what about our neighbors who have got Wi-Fi going all the time. You know, we mm-hmm. might be surrounded by four other houses. Um, you know, are we receiving – well, we obviously receive their signal because I know when I get on the internet you can see everyone pops yep. up all their Wi-Fi um, who you can yeah. log in with. And, you know, there could be 10 others that you're receiving. Um, how how much EMF exposure are we getting through our neighbors? Yeah. And that, that is such a great point. Now, if you were really wanting to know how much, you could buy a high-frequency analyzer. Um, and so if you were to Google that, it'd be called um, an HF analyzer. And they kind of look like like almost like Ghostbuster detector-type <laughs> devices. But, um, but essentially, you can actually pick up a numerical reading of all of those different signals, like when it comes to Wi-Fi, when it comes to um, cell phone towers. So if you were to be testing your home with your Wi-Fi on, your router is so close to you, you're going to get a really large signal. Now, if you're thinking about your neighbors, it's going to be a lot less. So yes, you could still pick it up. It could show up on your laptop or your computer as a potential signal, but it is not going to be as strong affecting you that way. Now let's say that, so I've got um, a friend of mine who lives in the city in New York city, and there's no way that she can avoid some of this stuff, right? She could unplug everything and she's still bombarded by all this, all these signals. I remember I had a, an interview with somebody where she had a cell phone tower above the ceiling of her bedroom. It was on the top of her bedroom. Um, so what if, if I were in that scenario and I couldn't move and that's where I lived, I would actually, uh, get a bed canopy and that's called, uh, you, well, you can get a bed canopy at lessemf.com. There's a lot of other places, but I've tested the ones at lessemf.com and they work 100%. And all it is, is like, you know, you think of like a little girl princess bed canopy. That's exactly what it is. And it will actually block out all of those signals. So it would block out cell phone signals, cell tower signals, radio signals, um, wireless signals, all of that stuff. It's going to block out. Um, and it does it 100%. And the only caveat that I'll say to that is just don't touch it. <laughs> so it's it's around your bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to make sure it's not draped on your child because that stuff's hitting it and it's blocking. You don't want to have – because then you're going to have a contact right. yeah. um, to, to all that stuff. So, so – but if you're, if it's something that you're con- really concerned about, or you know that like, let's say that you've got a smart meter, um, on the, 
wall of your child's bedroom, I would 100% either A, move that, well, A, opt out of the smart meter if you can, B, move their, their bed to the other side of the house, or C, get a bed canopy to shield them while they're at least sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, we don't, we don't want to focus on being perfect. That's not achievable. You go to Target in our area, you go to church, you're bombarded, right? And that's not always going to be that way. But it, you know, we're going to hit a tipping point where more pe- more people are talking about this may get rid of this stuff. But, um, but for now, it's still a very real reality. And do so, just do will? what you can. Mm, because I mean, technology is only increasing, and I think the way life is going, you know, we're just living in this technology revolution where we're getting more and more um, advanced in this sort of area. Um, and I mean, there will be people that will be listening probably to the podcast and thinking. Um, you know, I could make all these changes, but it doesn't really matter because I'm going to get exposure everywhere. So what I do at home, you know, I'm not so worried about it. What would you say to those Mm -hmm. people who are thinking that? Um, Well, I would say that I would never want to look back on my life and go, oh, shoot. (laughs) You know, Um, because you can, if you could at least give your family 12 hours of a break, that's 50% of their day over the course of a lifetime that's going to make such a huge impact in their health. And so, yeah, when you have these short-term exposures, our bodies are designed to heal. You know, back in the day, if you were talking on a cell phone, um, you had this exposure. And of course, on thermography, we can see how much radiation is actually absorbed into the brain. Children, it's like exponentially more so. Um, And then you get off that cell phone and you could heal. But now we're talking on a cell phone around Wi-Fi with dirty electricity while driving in our car with a mobile hotspot. And it, that's not how humans were designed to live. So if we could just control the things that we have control over, that's all That's all we can do. And you're going to make such a big impact. And for most people, it's so noticeable. It's mm-hmm. this like immediate shift where you just feel at peace, I guess is the way that I felt, you know, it was just like this, you feel like your whole body relaxed. And it was just like, Oh, right. I remember feeling this way back in the day. This is what I was supposed to feel like. But, um, you know, and to kind of speak to something that you said overall, and I'm, I'm one of those eternally optimistic people, but I really do believe that we're kind of on this tipping point where we are so money driven for what we're doing. You know, now with the rollout of 5G, which who knows how that's going to affect us. It's going to have such far reaching effects on our health. But it's like the more, more and more and not to, you know, dive into the topic, but we like the more and more vaccines that are out there and the more and more all this stuff and like the more and more genetically modified food and, you know, it, we're going to hit this tipping point where people wake up and I, I see it's already happening. You know, people are waking up from this stuff and I'm so excited about it. Um, and so I know that, um, because we're making our situation so much worse, we will come out of it. And I really do believe even, you know, 10 years from now, we won't be having this, t- this conversation. Nobody's going to, um, ask you to do interviews anymore because, <laughs> because this will all be like common knowledge oh, and, goodness. you know, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I really do believe that, you know, organic, like when we traveled to, um, you know, Spain with our niece and we went into the grocery store, we're like, where's the organic section? And they were like, um, it's the store, <laughs> you know, that's when I'm like, yep. So America's a little behind the times, a little behind the times. And then, um, I actually lived in, um, Newcastle, Australia for six months. Oh, wow. I'm um, from that yeah. way as well. Or I lived oh, there for great. a few years. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it was so great. Which like being in the, you know, for as far as um, like a, a rescue remedy, if you're really sick, getting into the ocean is one of the best EMF discharges that you can do. That's free and it's simple. You know, it's all the ionizing, um, all the ionizing balancing powers that's coming from the salt water there and um, all the minerals there. So for people that are sick and are blessed enough to live by the ocean, that was great. I remember I had school two days a week and I lived on the beach. That was the life. <laughs> Take me back. <laughs> Uh, so can we we'll just recap on a few of the action steps and then we'll head to the rapid fire questions yeah but before we do that i just wanted to um ask again where we would get the filters from or is that something you're going to put in the show notes yeah yes so if if for everyone if they just go to revivedliving.com forward slash emf so revived as in r-e-v-i-v-e-d revivedliving.com forward slash EMF. Um, I'm going to send you that top 10 action step and it's going to have links to all of that stuff. So um, depending on where you're listening from, you're going to want different devices and different things. And um, and a lot of it's free, you know, for people that are like, okay, budget wise, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of it's going to be free, like unscrewing those CFL light bulbs. But so let's, Mm -hmm. um, let's kind of recap some of those action steps. So Wi-Fi on a timer, so I'm um, absolutely putting that on a timer and that's a great start. Uh, and eventually if you can transition to just having a hardwired internet, awesome. And if it's not something you get to, that's okay. Now, another thing is to keep all of your devices in airplane mode as much as possible. So when you know you're not going to be on your phone anyway, have it in airplane mode. I get questions a lot from um, people that are concerned about not being able to be reached at night by their children at college or their husband while he's traveling. A good rule of thumb is keep your cell phone then eight feet from your body and keep your wireless signal off. Just have it use data. So if you have to have it on at night, if that's a thing, um, keep the wireless off because wireless is a continuous signal, right? Data, um, when you're using your cell data, it only pings a cell phone tower if it's not being used. It only pings it every five minutes. So that's a lot less of an exposure and just keep it at least eight feet you know, across the room. So if somebody calls and really needs to get a hold of you, you just pop up and you go over and get it. Same thing if you're gonna use it as your alarm clock and you refuse to use airplane mode, keep it across the room. Um, but for me, you know, I've had myself, my, I've had my cell phone in airplane mode now for years and nobody's ever needed to reach me, knock on wood, um, you know, in an emergency situation. Um, and then so for, for kids that are using gaming devices, especially if they're using an Xbox, unplug it or keep it on a timer so that the power is not accessible to that Xbox while it's not being used. And then as much as you can keep, keep those things in wireless mode and um, two filters for every gaming unit and two filters for every desktop computer um, are good rules of thumbs, two filters for um, big plasma screen TVs like the big guys are good rules of thumbs too. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Switching out your light bulbs, CFLs to the incandescents and to the LEDs um, and then making sure that like, let's say that you have the ability, if you're moving, um, and you're, you know, going across the country, a really great thing is to try to avoid at all costs living next to a cell phone tower, living like next to a substation, living next to a radio tower. A good rule of thumb is if you can see it, it's, it's hitting your house. So, and I've got one, I didn't notice it because it's only, you only can ever see it during the winter when the leaves are on the trees, but it's like right through the trees in my house and you can pick it up it again being 
almost un, un, you know, recognizable, it will still max out the devices that come into my home. Mm-hmm. So I got window window shielding just for that side of my home from lessemf.com. And again, that's all. So for people that get that action step plan, I'm going to like lovingly every couple of days so that I don't overwhelm you be like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> if, <laughs> this, if you see this, so comprehensive. And I think our listeners will have definitely, um, got some really great action steps and things, practical things that they can actually do right now. They can, finish listening and they can go around their house and and start checking some things out and making some practical steps. Awesome. All righty. Well, let's head to the five rapid fire questions to wrap things up. So what is one habit our listeners can implement today? And I think we've covered nearly everything, (laughs) but if there's one thing they could do right this moment, what would be number one? Uh, Unscrew all of your CFL light bulbs that are in your child's home. That'd be my first. First and it's free. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do people never ask you that you wish they did? Uh, I, I guess, you know, a lot of people, cause I, you know, if I'm at an air- airport and I see like a small child, um, on their phone, on mom's phone, I'm always like, is that an airplane mode? Could you please just look, could you, my, and nobody ever asked me like, why? Right. Do they do and, it? Um, do they listen? They do. They do probably because they're scared that the strangers approach them. <laughs> and like if I'm going through um, security at the airport, you know, and you go through those scanners, I always mm-hmm. opt out of those. And um, I see pregnant women. They'll let you go through when you're pregnant. Once the baby's born, they won't let the baby go through that. Why is that? Uh, whatever. And I'm always like, I go through the line and I look for all the pregnant women. I'm like, don't go through that. Opt out. It's free. You know, it's, it doesn't cost you any time. And nobody, and people do it, but nobody will ever be like, could you tell me more? Right. <laughs> so yeah. I guess more that one curiosity. thing that no ever, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But again, it's, they're just scared of strangers yeah. <laughs> bossing them up. Um, but yeah, I guess the why is the EMF piece that people just don't ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, what is one book that you would recommend that all parents read? Mm. So um, I know you know her, but Melissa Ambrosini's Mastering Your Mean Girl book is definitely one of my faves just because, um, I, I really think that especially as a parent, um, you know, with, with children that maybe need a little bit more love from you, it's uh, really easy for us to put ourselves, um, second fiddle and to not take care of ourselves and to just give, give. And moms are so, uh, you know, in that competition realm with you're comparing yourself to the, to, to, uh, an idea of perfection that doesn't exist. So I love mastering your mean girl just to help give yourself some self-love and make sure that you're taking care of yourself too. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I love that book. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay. So what is one of your top three unfinished bucket list items? Oh, so, um, well, I've never been to Greece and, uh, that's always been on my bucket list. So that's something that I've got to get done. Um, my husband and I are looking to open up a second office. We've got this integrated model that's wonderful and we just love it. You know, patients come in and they meet with, um, all of our healthcare professionals and you've got all these different brains working on a patient. Um, and so on our bucket list is to open up a few more of those clinics. Um, and then, Someday I want to breed puppies and I don't have time to do that right now. That would mean that my nanny would be taking care of lots of puppies. It's <laughs> <That's> just not <laughs> fair, <laughs> but that's, oh, that, that is on fun. my bucket list. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's random. Something different, isn't it? <laughs> oh, they're so cute when they're at puppy phase too, aren't they? Oh, I love oh. it. I love it. 
Yeah. We did that growing up and I just had so much fun. You know, we'd take these little puppies and we'd paint their nails different colors. So you could tell <laughs> apart. It was so great. And it's that connection <laughs> with fun. like nature again too, isn't it? It's okay. that, yeah, connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alrighty. And last question, if you could only offer one piece of advice to parents, what would it be? Uh, trust your instinct. You know, like what you mentioned when you said, I knew the microwave was bad, but I didn't know why. That was just my instinct. And it was like so true that you were just listening to this, that inner voice, even though everybody has a microwave, everyone does, but you were listening to your inner voice. And so that would be my piece of advice is, you know, no matter who you talk to and what healthcare professional you talk to, always trust your gut because especially as moms, you're usually right. So true. So true. Well, it has been absolutely epic conversation talking to you, soaking up all your wisdom and knowledge and insight as it relates to EMF. Um, Learned so much. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And I'm so excited for your listeners. I know that they're going to have lots of changes once they start doing this. So I am excited for them. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Libby. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for listening. I really hope you got some value out of today's conversation. Now, I would love to connect with you. I am really active over on Instagram and Facebook, so I'd love it if you came over and you said hi. All you have to do is search Homebase Hope and you will find me there. Now, if you don't know already, I am a lover of essential oils and a doTERRA wellness advocate. I really believe in the value of essential oils. And if this is something that you would like to explore and learn how you can use them in your family's life, then please get in touch. I would love to connect with you. And also, if you head over to Homebase Hope website, so that's homebasehope.com.au, I have created lots of visuals and social stories. So visuals in terms of first then, choice boards, visual schedules for toileting, getting ready in the morning. I've done all the hard work for you. Um, these are printables that are available on the, on the website so you can access today. Finally, if you love this fortnightly injection of information, please subscribe to the podcast. All you have to do is head to iTunes and hit the subscribe button and every fortnight you will get an instant notification of the latest interview. If you do like the show, please jump on iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can discover this podcast and so we can inspire positive change for more people living on the spectrum. You can access all of the show notes and other episodes at homebasehope.com.au And until next time, guys, I encourage you to open your mind, respect the differences, and above all, believe that you can make a difference from home base. See you soon, guys. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.